Sorry, my uh, throat's a little raw. I've led worship about five times this week. This is the third time I'm preaching this week, so. And I've yelled at a lot of kids this week, so. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. All right, thank you, Felicia. How many brought their Bibles with them today? Yeah, hold it up like a manor. Yeah, no, the phones don't count. The tablets don't count. Not much. They do. They do. They do. As long as you're not switching over to Facebook while we're in our message. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I want to have somewhere engraved in this Bible, yeah, sharper than a two-edged sword somewhere like that. It's, oh, it's sharp. It's sharp. It's good. It's a, it's a, it's a good word. Well, <clears throat> um, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. I, I am tired today, but I, I am well and rested, and I am walking. <laughs> Praise God for that. Well, what, what, what a blessing that was last week. I, I said it before, but I, that, was, that was a rough morning. And, uh, you know, I, honestly, every bit of my body said, no, people will figure it out. Well, they, you know, people will step in, they'll handle it, it's okay. And I just didn't feel like that's what it was about, me getting here to church. It wasn't about, you know, people handling things and that, you know, I have to be there to handle things. It was something in my heart, it's like, just need to be there. Just need to be there. And I praise God for that. It was a unique service, and I, I thank God for those times of where uh, he just kind of shows up and shows off in our lives. So, uh, welcome. Let's go ahead and dig into the Word. I'm going to start at 2 Kings chapter 6. Now, there's an interesting uh, statistic that whenever you write notes, and not, I'm not saying that everyone here needs to write notes, but um, I think if you have a hard time remembering the word, remembering what was said, it's good to write notes because you will retain information 50% more. You'll retain 50% more information if you write notes. And I think that's valuable. Um, so I'm going to read out of 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8. <clears throat> now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. And the king of, Is the, the king of Israel sent one to the place, sent someone, sorry, to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing, and he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of, of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, go and see where he is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, do not fear. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, 
And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike the people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness, according to the word of Elisha. Now Elisha said to them, This is not the way, nor is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. So it was, when they had come to Samaria, that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men, that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw that they were inside Samaria. All right. Let's pray. Father God, I just... Lord, I just ask you to, to breathe a new life into us today. That you would help us to hear your word, and to take this word and become doers of your word. Father, that you would give me the tongue of a ready writer, Lord, to speak your word that you've given me. And Father, that you would give us the, the ears of comprehension this morning, that we would understand your character and your might through your word today. Help us today. Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us right now. Help us to understand more clearly. Help us to see you more clearly today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So many of you know, uh, of course, that the, you know, there's been some changes here at the church as well. There has been changes for me personally. I started a, uh, a new job working. Um, I was kind of already working there, but now I'm full-time there working um, at uh, a local private Christian school. Um, teaching and, and just kind of shepherding um, students and a lot of other <laughs> random tasks. tasks. But um, as well, I decided to uh, try to finish my undergraduate degree in ministerial leadership. And so taking all those things, that's full-time, full-time job, being here and, and trying to serve and pastor as well. Um, it's obviously taxing, right? It's, it, it takes a lot of my mental resources um, as well as physical and it, it, it's become a lot. I, I recognize that. Um, and the danger I see for me is the struggle to see God more clearly, to see straight, to think straight. You know, it's just naturally when you, you, you spread yourself across a lot of things, I think you just naturally have a hard time keeping up with all of them. And so the first thing I prayed for before was like, God, help me. God, help me. It's like, God, help me. It just give me a new discipline in my, in my, my mind, my, my body, my spirit, a new discipline. And uh, I, I think that for a lot of us, that's something that a lot of us lack, and I've lacked it. And so what I mean by discipline is I, I took it on myself to, I, I wake up about 5.45 or so, somewhere around there or 6, um, before I have to leave, and I get up for an hour, and I just... With no, with no intentions of studying anything specific. Just read the word and pray. Pray for whatever comes up. It's usually you guys. It's usually this church. But I, I just felt the need to, to make that a part of my routine and a part of my discipline. And uh, I, I, I'm so thankful because uh, that discipline is not something that is uh, natural to me to get up early to do that. Because I think the most important, time, more, most important time for us is the time that we can be in the quiet with one-on-one -on -one with Jesus rather than, you know, you try to sneak in two minutes here and two minutes there. Just find the time. This is not really the message, but find the time. Because I have found a newfound strength that nothing, I can never explain it to you. There's no, 
special caffeine coffee blend or anything like that that is going to bring you the strength that comes through the Holy Spirit when you are studying the word, when you're in your time of prayer. And it's not that it didn't pray. It's not that it didn't study. But this is, this is scheduled. This is my time with the Lord and nothing is going to change it. All right? Even when I destroy my back or whatever it is, I, I have to have my time with the Lord because I need it. I found this new need for it. But in that time, what I recognize in my prayer that was coming up a lot as I'm praying is, is God in the, in the very center of this and all of this stuff going on. Yes, I'm, st- I'm studying your word. I'm trying to equip myself. I'm trying to help shepherd students. I'm trying to do all these things. But God, for me personally, right now, in my relationship with you, help me to, st- to stay focused on you. Keep my eyes on you. And then out of that prayer, I just felt like, God, just beyond that, I, just, I want you to expand my view of you. Expand everything that I even know about you. Not that you change, not that he ever changes. But sometimes we have this finite vision of of who God is. We read a few scriptures and we think we know the expanse of God. And he wants to reveal more and more. And so I'm saying, God, I want to know more. I want to see more, right? I want to see you more clearly and thoroughly. And it just came out of my prayer. God, I just want clear vision of you. And I think about, okay, so there's this cliche, 2020s, perfect vision and all this stuff. And a lot of churches are using that whole, that whole motto or whatever it is, you know, uh, perfect vision or whatever you want to call it. And I said, I, I really don't care if it's cliche to say it right now. We should all seek to have clearer vision of God in our Amen. lives. Amen. We should all seek that. So God, I, I just want to see you more clearly in all this mess. My brain is foggy and I'm taking in all this information, but Lord... None of it matters if I can't see you through it all. None of it matters. Let me see you in a fresh way that my previous perspective and my previous understanding of you is just blown away and I just want to see your goodness in such a greater, more expansive way. And that has been my prayer and I feel like God has just been revealing things through Holy Spirit power, just revealing things to me. And, you know, I, I, I feel like that has completely refreshed me and to the point where you know, I thank you all for, for caring about me. And a lot of people have been worried about me. I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good because I, I feel like this is what God is telling me to do. And in between all of this stuff, all this stuff, yes, it's hard. But I'm just, I'm looking to the Lord. I've got my eyes set on, on heavenly, <laughs> heavenly things, right? So praise God. And I share that with you today because it's been my prayer. And I want it to become the church's prayer. I want it to become your prayer that God would expand all of our vision, that we would see him in a new way, a a way that, you know, our previous experience, all these things that that culminated in our lives, that all of it would just be wiped away and we would see the truth, not only in his word, but what he's going to reveal to your heart. So going back to 2 Kings, now that I've, you've probably already forgotten what I just read in the scripture, 2 Kings chapter 6. In this passage, this passage, we know of Elisha, right? He was an incredibly anointed prophet who had this double anointing, uh, his predecessor, Elijah. And right here, Elisha is warning the king of Israel about these plans of Syria they're trying to raid. And, and uh, so the, the king, as you see, of Syria has word that there, there has to be an informant, right? Every time they try to send this attack, 
It keeps being thwarted. I'm like, what's going on here? So, so they, they know it's Elisha and that Elisha hears from the Lord and he gives these warnings. And so they go to root him out. And Elisha, as they come to root, him and his servant are, are surrounded. They're surrounded by this force. And so what we see in verse 15, the servant sees this. He, he arose early and he says, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Oh no, oh no, right? We can say that. Like if I'm surrounded by a bunch of warriors and people with swords and spears, my heart's going to at least start racing a little bit, right? So how many times do we, do we do this in our lives? We see something and our perception of the situation causes us a lot of fear, Right? We, we've learned things, we gain opinions, whatever it is, your experiences in life, and you see something right in front of you, and then you see that, and like, oh, that was bad last time, so now I'm, I'm in a lot of fear, right? This servant's probably seen some battles before. He's probably been around warfare or something. So he knows that imminent death could be on his doorstep. <laughs> and so here's the problem. The servant perceived that he was surrounded, and he was right. He was right. He was surrounded. What he missed, what he misperceived was that he was outnumbered. Do you hear what I'm saying? He saw that he was surrounded, but what he did not know was that he was not outnumbered as Elisha is going to pray with him and show him. He lacked this vision of this spiritual reality in his situation. And so Elisha prays and he says, do not fear those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. This vision of safety and protection of the Lord is this great army of God is surrounding those that are surrounding them. So now... The advantage is on the Lord's side, right? If you see that clearly. And Elisha had this faith and this vision to know that God's resources were far greater than any enemy they could, they could face. Through Elisha's prayer, his, his servant was able to see this spiritual reality, uh, which is far greater than what his human eyes, what he could perceive. And I think so often that the unseen things of God would just blow away our perspective of what we can physically witness in your situation. The unseen things that you do not see that God has in works, the things that God has in store, it would blow us away, I think, if we could just see with the truth of God, with eyes that are on the lens of spiritual realities. And we are so blinded sometimes to God's plan. We are so blinded to these spiritual realities because we're stuck looking at the now. We're stuck looking at the physical. We're stuck with our eyes on our perspective. We've gained all of these, these things. And we gain opinions. Perspective is just the opinions that you gain over a lifetime. A lot of time your perspective is right, except when we're talking about spiritual reality. And next week I want to dive a little more into spiritual realities, but today I want to lay the foundation that of seeing God's reality versus our own. That is what we want to focus on today, seeing God's reality over our own. Today, I want us to realize that, that many times we, we think that we see this full picture of God. We think we see everything. We think we see all that he is offering. 
But today, I believe he wants to expand our own vision. As a church, as a people, he wants to expand your own vision today. And you may think you understand what is happening, and you don't even realize that God is doing a work that, that only he can do. And I don't know what it is for you personally, but I know there are things that happen spiritually that we cannot see sometimes because our physical eyes will, will, will be misleading, our perception will be misleading. I myself, I'm like a, a, a textbook overthinker in a lot of things. I will read something or see something and I'll start analyzing it before I get all the answers and I'll rationalize everything and I'll come up with the whole landscape of how everything's going to work out before I see the actual truth. And I think our perspective is often so misleading, folks. Your perspective often leads to your own hurt, your own complaining, your own doubt. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? But here's the good news. God provides us an escape from perspective with his inspired word that makes his character clear to us. His thoughts are clear to us through his word. And he provides an escape from perspective by speaking to us and moving in us and our spirit and changing our hearts and revealing greater things to us. He wants to do this, but oftentimes we're sitting there and we're only focused. We've got our eyes focused on all that we can see, and that's it. All that the bank account says. All that the health report says. Where are these areas in your life today? And so the encouragement I say to you today is flee. <laughs> flee from your own perception. Anybody like Lord of the Rings in here? Anybody ever watch Lord of the Rings? Yeah, yeah. You remember, remember uh, uh, what's his name? The steward of Gondor. His name is Denethor. And, and when, when the, the, the bad guys are coming, we'll just call them the bad guys. He's, flee, flee, flee for your lives, is what he says. <laughs> oh, today I'm not asking you to flee for your lives. I'm telling you to flee from your own mind. Flee from your own perspective and run to Jesus today. Amen. All right. So you might be in this period of blurred vision, but... I know that God's got an awesome plan for everyone here because we have not seen the full depths of God's plan. Going back to a few weeks ago, it feels like a long time ago, but this message where I said, you can trust the next chapter of your life because you know the author. Amen. Amen. You know the author. We know the author. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's going to start and see you through. Amen. So if you're like me and you've played your situation and your scenarios out in your minds, I'm encouraging all of us as I have started to wrestle with this myself and God has challenged me on this to flee, flee from my own perspective, my own situations, the way I have put all this together. Step away from it and just try, just focus on him and look through eyes of faith. But the fact is, is what's going on in a lot of Christians and a lot of People in the churches were blinded, or our vision is beginning to deteriorate. It's like as you grow older, <laughs> I'm even experiencing this now, that your vision starts to, to blur a little more than it used to. It's not as keen. I used to have 2010 vision, which is better than 2020, by the way. I don't know if you guys know that. It's not, it's not the case anymore, trust me. <laughs> 
But as you grow older, your eyes begin to deteriorate. And I think that happens in our relationships with the Lord. If we don't cultivate that relationship, if we don't seek him, if we don't pursue him in all of it, and we try to strengthen our intimacy with the Lord, we begin to see things a little more blurry <laughs> and a little more out of focus because we start to see things more in the world's way and the more the way we see it. We have to strengthen our pursuit of the Lord. And so this word, guys, this word that we read out of, this, this word is here to inspire us that we may clearly understand God's character. Let me say something. Understanding God's character and knowing God intimately are two different things. They're independent. They share a lot of qualities, right? Both important. But understanding God and knowing God are two different things. Before me and Kelly got married, which if you looked on the board is coming up to 10 years at the end of this month, praise God. That's our, been our running joke with uh, when we were in our silly times in worship today, we're like goofing off together, 10 years, 10 years, this is what you get after 10 years. <laughs> Before me and Kelly got married, I knew what people said about Kelly. I knew what I saw, right? I knew what I saw from afar. I knew what you know, I could see in class or whatever else I could see about Kelly. But until we spent time together and we grew in our relationship, I didn't really know her closely. Do you understand this point that I'm trying to make now? We can understand the word. We can read it every day. But until we seek to know God personally and intimately in our quiet time, then we will only see really one-sided. We'll only know, but we won't see. So I only had a picture of who Kelly was before. Those who read the word, but do not seek God's heart, they have a picture of who God is. They have a picture. Folks, I'm here to tell you that God is not a picture on your wall. He's not a painting. He's not locked into scripture. He is alive in you and me. And he wants to make himself more clear to us today. That excites me because you know what? Everything I read in this book excites me. And I can know him personally. What a blessing. What a blessing that I could find God and I can know him so intimately and know his word and see everything that he is for me. So I'm not saying that we don't need to study the word. That is not what I'm saying at all. Please don't spend this. I'm saying we need to know and see. We need to know and see. All right. Amen. <laughs> so if our vision comes from God, folks, we need to strengthen that. We need to strengthen our faith before our vision begins to blur. As time goes and we don't seek the Lord, we allow things to just escape us, we begin to blur. Jeremiah was one of God's anointed prophets. But the people did not want to listen. I mean, you can read through Jeremiah. You can read through Isaiah. You can read through Ezekiel. Okay, we can know that the people, <laughs> they had eyes to see, but did not see. And that's what we're going to read here. Jeremiah chapter 5. And you're just going to want to stay open to the book of Jeremiah if you're following along in your Bible. Verse 20. And so we can see right here, right before 19, actually. I'm sorry, guys, but I'll read that. 
And it will be when you say, why does the Lord our God do all these things to, to us? Then you shall answer them, just as you have forsaken me and have served foreign gods in your land, so you shall serve aliens in a land that is not yours. So these are the prophecies. They have forsaken God in their lives. And so here's the answer. Declare this in the house of Jacob and proclaim it in Judah, saying, Hear this now, O foolish people, without understanding, who have eyes and see not, and who have ears and hear not. Do you not fear me, says the Lord? Will you not tremble at my presence, who have placed the sand as the bound of the sea by a perpetual decree that it cannot pass beyond it? And though its waves toss to and fro, yet they cannot prevail. Though they roar, they cannot pass over it. But this people has a defiant and rebellious heart. They have revolted and departed. They do not say to the Lord, Let us now fear the Lord our God, who gives rain, both the former and the latter, in its season. He reserves for us the appointed weeks of the harvest. Your iniquities have turned these things away, and your sins have withheld good from you. So if you know this history, we know about seven years of exile, we know Babylon, this northern kingdom. And so Jeremiah is warning. He's warning the people. It's coming doom. Turn, turn to God. Turn from your ways. Countless warnings, countless prophecies. Yet, what does it say here? Hear this now, foolish people without understanding, who have eyes and see not, and who have ears and hear not. See, they had minds. (laughs) They had eyes. They could physically see what was happening, and everything seemed fine. But they could not see the spiritual reality that was about to happen. They could not see it because they were focused on what they could see. And it was all right. Things were fine, right? They could see this word. And there's a parallel to this in Isaiah chapter 6. It's funny how the Lord confirms his word through multiple people, isn't it? Verse, uh, verse 9, and he said, Go and tell this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return, and be healed. These are eyes of faith, ears of faith. Isaiah, he's preaching to this religious and arrogant. You think you see. You think you see these things, but God says you see nothing. You see nothing, therefore you are blind. You are blind. So what's the, for, the focus here? <laughs> what do we focus on? Isaiah, oh, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 9. What is God telling us to do? Where should we focus? Verse 23 says, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. To see the Lord is to truly know him and understand him. So God is saying, stop glorifying in your own wisdom. Stop glorifying in your own riches, in your own might. Your only glory is seeing and knowing me. Seeing and knowing me. Not seeing and knowing what you perceive. Not seeing what's going on in your situation. Seeing and knowing me. Knowing my promises. Knowing my word. Knowing what I spoke over you. 
Yet we know the accounts. People chose to look away from God. Yet even in this time of despair, even in the time of exile, God still offers people a promise, a promise of a, a new hope. So that's part of God's character, folks. He is equally just as he is loving. That's the part that sometimes we like to forget. <laughs> we think about God and this, this warm, fuzzy feelings. God always, God is love, God is love. And we sometimes ignore the authority in his sovereignty, the authority in his word. Yes. And so to understand God is to know that he is just and loving. Yes. And so even though, even though we've, people lost sight of the Lord because he is love, he draws, he draws them back to him. And a renewal of his government. He is such a good God. Amen. Jeremiah 31, verse 31. It says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, Though I was a husband to them, says the Lord, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will, I will put my law in their minds and, I, and write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall, they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. I will forgive their iniquity and their sin and I will remember no more. So the people who once blinded themselves against God will now be opened once more. We have this promise today. The people, we don't need to say, look for God. Know the Lord. Here's the good news. He is already with us. He is alive in us. This covenant was fulfilled through Jesus. So if you've been blinded in the past to what God desires for you, or maybe you've even been shut off to God entirely, he's offering to open your eyes today. He's offering to open your eyes, to renew your heart through Jesus, this covenant, this new covenant. Amen. But like I said, sometimes it's just natural to us. We start to see with our natural eye. We see with our perception and it becomes harder and harder to see the full depths of God. So I have four points I want to share with you. And I believe these four points are what clouds our vision. The first one being your own perception on how God is operating clouds your vision. See, we like to make up in our minds who God is and who he isn't. And our own perception might be based on misconception. If perception is based on opinion that you gain over your lifetime, where did you get your opinions from? Did you get your opinions from the word or did you get it from the world? That's the danger that I see a lot. I've seen a lot in students too. Where are you getting your opinions of God from? Because the world has a lot of opinions about God. <laughs> and the more you look to the world for your opinions, the more your perception of God becomes like the world's. The more you surround yourself with that opinion, the more you will be like the world. I would kind of classify that as nearsightedness. <laughs> you know, where you can only see what's right in front of you. And you can't see beyond that. God is seeking more from us, guys. 
Point number two, your emotion is getting in the way. When we allow our, our thoughts and emotions to supersede the ways of the Lord, we see through our circumstance. When we allow our emotion to get in the way, we see through our circumstance and not through heavenly realities. Emotion looks through the lens of circumstance. But this God-like vision that I'm trying to encourage looks through the lens of heavenly realities. It looks through the lens of the word of God, through the promises of God that he has in store for you. Have I lost you? No. Okay, good. I promise I'm coming to a close in just a little bit. Number three, living in sin. Hmm. This is a, a danger. Uh, last night, we, in our discussion, we talked about being stuck in the mud. Jason brought that word, being stuck in the mud. And I think what a lot of people are stuck in is either not recognizing sin and living in sin in their lives or ignoring the word, creating their own version of what is sin, what is not yeah. sin. So don't be surprised if you cannot see God more clearly if you live for the temporary, temporary pleasures of this world instead of living righteously for the Lord. And I hope we all feel a little challenged today, okay? I don't, I don't need to preach up here and, and, and make everyone feel good inside and want to go <laughs> and run some laps. Sometimes God needs to correct us and challenge us, and this is the challenge. Amen. If you've made idol worship out of the pursuits of your life, of pursuits of anything, man, even, even the pursuit of knowledge and pursuit of wisdom can be an idol in your life. Anything that comes before the Lord. Yep. Love the Lord. What is your first, the most important commandment? Love the Lord with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength. Yes. And so when we're living in sin, we lose sight on God. Whatever that area may be. Number four, looking behind. This is what clouds and blinds us. We're on a steady path, but you get sidetracked by... Attacks of the enemy, emergencies in your life, death in your family, financial crisis. You had your eyes, you were walking on the path, and you got distracted. And so you start to stumble. You take your eyes off God, folks, when we fall into these areas in our life. Yep. It's, hard to, it's hard to walk forward when you've got your eyes looking backwards. Come on, I know I'm preaching to somebody here this morning, right now. It is hard to move forward when you're stuck looking behind you. Because if you keep looking behind you while you're trying to walk, what's going to happen? You're going to fall, you're going to crash, you're going to stumble. Let me tell you something. My, my son does this all the time. <laughs> I love my son. He'll walk, he'll see something off in the bushes, he'll walk, he'll walk, and there's a pole right here. <laughs> Bam! He's got his eyes off the wrong thing. He's not looking where he's going. Proverbs 3, 6. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. If you submit to him, he will keep you on the path. But oftentimes, we're like half submitted to him. Half committed. We commit on Sunday morning. Maybe even Wednesday night now. But the other days, where are we? Where are we? If you're looking all around you while you're trying to walk on this path that God has laid before you, you're going to crash. 
And I think that we're no different spiritually. I think just like it would happen physically in this world, it happens spiritually to us. And so we're distracted, looking at our past or looking at our problems. Lot's wife knew not to turn around to look at the destruction in Sodom. What happened to her? Pillar of salt. Pillar of salt. Yeah. You ever seen the the movie Up? Anybody seen that movie? I love that movie. If you didn't cry in the first 15 minutes, you need to check your heart. You need to check your heart. <laughs> well, there's this, there's this dog. So if you don't know the movie, I'll just try to quickly explain it. There's these, these, these dogs in this, this area of South America, wherever they go. And so these dogs have these voice boxes. These guys rigged up some voice boxes that they could talk. And it's pretty funny. And there's a dog. His name is Doug. D-U-G, Doug. <laughs> D-U-G, Doug. All right. So, and Doug likes squirrels. <laughs> and Doug can be in the middle of a conversation. And he sees a squirrel. He'll be talking, talking, squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. That's his thing. He gets distracted. He's got his eyes off the prize. And I think we're too often like that, guys. Got our eyes on the Lord. Then Facebook. News. Yeah. <laughs> More seriously, emergencies, your emotions, your sin, thoughts of shame, thoughts of worthlessness, get you off the path. Get you off the path. A lot of times we're experiencing feelings of suffering and heartache and take our eyes off the Lord and onto our worries, onto our circumstance. That first point, or the second point, actually being led by emotion. Feeling sorry for ourselves and not understanding how God could do this to us. So, and a lot of us, sometimes we've got our eyes on Jesus and thoughts of past mistakes or whatever else. Thoughts of the life that we left behind comes kind of whizzing by as a memory. And we feel the thoughts of shame and thoughts of worthlessness. I hope I'm speaking to somebody right now. I hope I'm speaking to somebody right now. I know this is the word of the Lord. So here's my encouragement. Put your spiritual blinders on. <laughs> Put your spiritual blinders on. That might seem weird. Like, well, what, what, are you supposed to ignore everything? No, that's not what I'm saying. So you've got stress and complications to your left, and you've got doubt and rehashing of the past to the right. Meanwhile, Jesus is at the very center of all this, and he's saying, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Seek the, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Amen. Folks, we can look to the left, we can look to the right, or we can look to Jesus. Amen. Those are our options. Right. You can look to the left, you can look to the right, you can look behind, you can look wherever you want. Yep. But if you want this, this thriving relationship with God, if you want to see the full depths of what he has for you, you need to keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
He's going to draw you back. Every time you lose sight, he's going to draw you back. He's going to bring you back. You just got to go to him. He's going to draw you back. Hallelujah. Please turn with me to Psalm 121. Please share. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve you going out and you're coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Amen. Lift your eyes up to the Lord and you'll begin to see with this new clarity. I promise you, folks, he is ready. He is ready to give it to you. We just have to get our eyes off the left and the right and the behind, wherever it is. Because once you start looking away, you start to crash. If you've crashed in the past, he lifts you up. He's giving you new eyes today. Folks, I have a really good offer for you today. I have a really good offer. God is offering us free spiritual LASIK, okay? Free spiritual LASIK to everyone who comes to the Lord this morning. I know, it's silly. I'm just being goofy. But seriously, I cannot put it more plainly. Plainly, folks. My words are coming difficult today. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. That is... What, is, what does anything else matter? Yes, Lord. Nothing else matters in life. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He is, we are running a race for this imperishable crown. Let's stand. Look to Jesus today because in Jesus there is so much more than what we see to the left or to the right. He's trying to give us eyes of clarity today. I'm going to continue this a little bit next week, but before we leave, I just really want us to reflect on how we've gotten sidetracked in our life, how our eyes have shifted off the cross, how we've been blinded or blurred. Our perception, our own opinions, our own emotions, how all these things have gotten in the way and we've lost sight of the Lord in our lives. So this morning, as Felicia leads us in some worship, I just invite you, if you need prayer, you can come up. If you need to go to the altar and just seek the Lord, I invite you to do that. If you need to do it at your chair, as I always say, guys, don't waste this opportunity to seek the Lord this morning, okay? And find Him look to him as well.